Welcome back to another episode of Somewhere Between, a podcast made by Asian adoptees for Asian adoptees. Hi, everyone. I'm Alia, and today I'm joined by Emma Colton and her brother, Connor. Hi, thanks for having us. Hey, my name is Emma. I'm 26 years old. I was adopted from Fuzhou, Jiangxi, um, and I grew up in South Florida. I went to Bucknell University and graduated in 2016. I was a psych major. Um, and then right after college, I moved to New York City to pursue a professional dance career. Um, did that for about four years in the city. And now I am transitioning careers into more uh, TV production and um, digital media. Oh, a fellow psych major. <laughs> yeah. And Connor, if you don't mind, can you do your introduction? Hi, I'm Connor, and I'm from Kunming, China. Um, I was adopted at the age of four. Obviously, I grew up in Florida, and um, I'm still a student at Pinecrest School. I'm in 11th grade. Um, I'm 18 right now, and I want to pursue real estate in the future. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I'll start with a simple question. What was growing up like for you two? I think it was very different. Yeah, I think we both had completely different experiences just because you know back in the 90s because that's when I was adopted um actually in my hometown I made a lot of local newspapers because oh, wow. it was like yeah because it was the first like international adoption in our hometown and it was like you know huge and so different um um and I didn't you know obviously I learned all of this about being like in these you know, magazines and newspapers when I was older, because I, I'd like to look back at like all the documents and just like, you know, go back and check every now so and look at everything. But yeah, it was just like really rare. And um, there were no adoptees in my hometown. Like growing up, I was literally the only one in my school. Um, I just, you know, as a child, I didn't really think about it. Like I didn't care. It wasn't like a thing in my mind, but I definitely mm. was alone in the sense of, you know, in community, there was no other, like, in terms of like friends and close friends at school, I didn't have anyone else like me, but my parents tried really hard to maintain some sort of connection with my Chinese heritage in that, you know, we celebrated Chinese New Year. Um, we had other family friends actually in our hometown who adopted children right after us because they were like, I guess, inspired and wanted to also, you know, adopt. Um, so, you know, we would always get together and um, I think my mom really tried to get us or try to get me to be closer with like this community, but it just didn't happen. Like, of course, we, you know, got together and did things, but I never got very, very close to these other um my friends mostly were just like the people that I went to school with and saw every day. And, um, and then I went and also, you know, my hometown is actually very Jewish. We're, we grew up Jewish. So um, just being like, you know, I went to Hebrew school every Sunday. And so, you know, obviously, as like, a little kid, you don't think that you're like, well, for me, at least, I don't remember thinking like, oh, I'm the only Asian in this like Sunday school, or like, I'm different than other people. Mm -hmm. But um I think I started feeling it more actually like in middle school when I also, I also went to Pinecrest. Um, so I think, so I started middle school and then that's when I started feeling insecure about my Asian-ness and just being different. Cause everyone is literally like, there are maybe like one or two other Asian kids in our private school. Cause everyone is Jewish and just like, 
there's no diversity so like growing up I I think as I got older I got I got more insecure about it and I didn't have you know an older sibling like Connor did to feel you know less of an outcast I mean I didn't feel like an outcast I just was like and I tried I actually was really embarrassed by my adoption I you know never talked about it I didn't want to I didn't want people to know I was really self-conscious about like when my parents did come for like student uh, teacher conference and all of those things I just like I just felt like people were staring or I think it was in my head a lot because I don't think anyone actually cared but I was very insecure about it um and I think obviously I was like probably known as like you know the one girl who's adopted or whatever who knows but um yeah I had a completely different experience it took me a long time to want to embrace it want to connect with it want to know more about it um you know I'm 26 years old now and it and now I'm finally curious so it took me that long but um yeah if you want to talk about your experience mine was mine was nothing like that to be honest it was <laughs> I think the time when I was adopted, it was like more common and all that. And there's a bit more diversity at Pinecrest. It's like not, you know, it's not crazy, but there's more. Um, I think having an older sister who already is Asian and adopted just made me, I don't know, just made me feel better, I guess. But I never really thought about it either. Like, I mean, now at Pinecrest, I have a friend that's also an adopted Asian and we like we like to like connect with like that because we're like oh adopted Asians like we're sisters right but um <laughs> it's just like it doesn't really bother me like if somebody asked me like oh where you're from I'll tell them like I have no problem telling my story um and yeah that's why it was a lot it was, it was a lot easier for me I think but mm. well do you think it was easier because of me because of having me around or no um, I definitely was like where I was like aware that okay, I'm not the only adopted Chinese. So I mean, yeah, it was. It, it didn't make it easier for me. Yeah, but, but I also I also feel yeah. like I also feel like going back to, you know, not having other friends or other people to connect with. Like I like I did have that, but it it just I felt like it was forced, right? Like for your friend who's also yeah. adopted, like, do you feel like pressure to be friends because you both have something in common or you just genuinely get along? Genuinely get along. Yeah. And like, I actually just thought of this. When I went to college, I actually met a few other girls who had the same story as me. Like she was from China, adopted. But like, I think at the time I wanted to ask her things, but I could tell that she was just not at that stage and I don't think she was open to talking about it um but you know again like we weren't friends because of our story we were friends because we both studied dance and we were dancers and like that's what brought us together but at the same time I always felt in the back of my head that like she didn't want to be like as close to me because like I don't I don't know this could be like an insecurity but deep down I thought that maybe she didn't want to be as close as we could be because she didn't want to accept that we like both have the same story or something. I don't know what it is, but I just like, gee, yeah. If you know what I mean, I don't know. It's kind of that similar feeling that you felt of like, are we friends just because we're adopted? And like, are we being forced together versus like, yeah. you know, really identifying the relationship and 
depending, you know, as everyone has their different adoption story, um, different journey too, with like how they coming to terms with it or just, you know, exploring. Um, I guess for her, maybe she just wasn't ready to even also accept that side of herself and, you know, want to connect to other adoptees. Maybe it just made her think more about being adopted. She had a, a younger sister, though, that was adopted. So I don't know. <laughs> you never know with people. <laughs> but I totally get you on the part of, you know, when you kind of are just, your parents take you to a place and they're like, hey, a bunch of adoptees make friends. And, you know, looking back, it's 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 very odd, I guess, because in general, kids, you go to a class and this is your class. You're not going to be friends with everyone because that's just how it is. Not everyone gets along. But then you're kind of taken to this like small group of adoptees and there's so few of you that's like, well, get along. You have no choice. Like, we're going to make you. Yeah, but it was interesting because like it it wasn't like one of those um like groups that my mom found like through Facebook or whatever like she actually did meet a people mm-hmm. and actually I met a girl who I'm still sort of friends with um and she has like the same exact story as me like she was adopted into a Jewish family also from China um mm-hmm. we're, we're close but it was more of like um we have like close family friends in our hometown who also adopted kids and so whenever we would get together like we'd hang out but as we got older it, like, you mm-hmm. know fizzled out so that type of thing yeah it's always difficult because in general like relationships as a kid you're like we're best friends forever then you get to high school and you're like where'd you go exactly so it seems like no you'll be fine yeah but like i just feel like a lot of my friends are gonna you know we're all gonna separate besides my close friends obviously but i know a lot of people who are still friends in high school i know but like outside of college or like in college. Yeah, like in college they stay friends. Okay. Oh, maybe I don't need to worry. <laughs> I mean, we also have more technology now. Social media, like even Discord. People who never used Discord before, now with like the pandemic, using Discord for friend groups to just meet up and hang and chat or Zoom is the other popular one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'm more of a Zoom person. That's why I have no idea how to use uh, Discord. <laughs> I feel like an old woman. <laughs> Honestly, me with any technology. <laughs> technology just hates me. I, I come in close in close contact, short circuits. <laughs> but yeah, it's like you guys had very opposite, you know, experiences growing up. What was that like kind of when you talked to each other about it? You know, as like the older sister, were you ever kind of like, oh, like, if you have this trouble, like, I experienced this, like, you know, let me know. Or as, uh, you know, being the younger brother, did you ever kind of experience some things and then go to your older sister and say, like, hey, like, do you feel the same way about this? I don't think, yeah, I don't think we really talked about it until recent. Like, Mm -hmm. also just, I never really thought about, like, my past ever. When I was adopted, like, I never, Mm -hmm. like, if I were to go to... a classroom and everybody's white I wouldn't be like oh I'm the only Asian here yeah I felt I feel the same like when I was in his when I was his age I never thought about those things I never really thought about race really I never thought about race until now honestly and like you know this past summer with like BLM and everything that's when I started really just like digging um and thinking more about my identity and everything but 
I don't remember. Yeah, we didn't talk about like growing up when I was like in high school still, we didn't talk about it. We just were like, you know, normal. I would do my thing because I was always busy. He would have his like, you know, extracurricular after school things. Um, I actually, you know, just had a very deep conversation with him this past summer. And we had, um, it was like, when was it? It was August? I'm, I have no idea. Yeah, something, sometime this past summer, we had like a very deep discussion. I recorded it and I like sent it to our family because, you know, it's like, it's like really special to have that conversation with, with like Connor, you know, and um, I definitely think it brought us closer. And, you know, I really appreciate him for being so open to talk about it, especially at his age, because I know if I was him and like I had an older sister who's like let's talk about race and racism and all of this I'd be like no thank you <laughs> like please <laughs> like why are you so deep um so like I really admire him for being you know so open to talk about it at like such a young age and um yeah I mean I didn't yeah he never came to me as you know as like like years ago with any problems or wanted to talk about anything but I do want to mention that you know because he was four years old and he spoke he was fluent in Chinese like Chinese was his first language what I always do remember oh. when I talk to him about is like I'm so sad that you didn't keep your Chinese because I would like die to be fluent in Chinese <laughs> And, you know, my parents actually tried really hard to maintain it. We had a Chinese nanny when we first came and she only spoke to him in Chinese, um, but he refused to just like speak it. So, mm. but yeah, that's the one thing that's that I always just like bring up and I always do. And you know, it's a different <laughs> story than me, right? Cause like the narrative of, you know, one child policy and all that is like, girls right like like young girls yeah. young baby girls were abandoned because they wanted men to take over the family blah 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 so you know my parents always said that it was very different and strange for him to be adopted because he was a boy and so we know we don't know that much information about it obviously but I mean do you remember mm -hmm. like what 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 was mom's story to you like what did she tell you well she just told me she just wanted another adopted Chinese kid at all. Like, I don't think there was a specific uncommon weird reason, but. No, well, I'm just... asking because like, mom told me that, you know, like that story of like, you know, baby girls were abandoned because they were women mm -hmm. and they preferred men. Mm -hmm. And like, that was my story. Like that was the thing that I grew up knowing about like why I was adopted. So like, for you, it's so different, and I don't know if um, she ever talked about it. She that. never told me any a reason. Okay. She just told me, like, um, I want another... I think it was... It was I'm, like, Jana's present, which is my sister, my other sister. She's our oldest sister. Yeah. It wasn't... Didn't you guys, like, get me, like, during her birthday? No. It was basically just mom wanted another kid, and she wanted a boy. <laughs> That's literally... <laughs> But also just to give you background of our family, it's um, my oldest sister is all biologically related. Um, so like, yeah, and they're all four years apart. And then um, my my sister, actually Katie, she really wanted another sister. And my mom was like, mm -hmm. no way, I'm not having kids. Like I'm 45 or whatever, like no way. 
And then that's how they started to learn about adoption whenever. Um, and then, so then it's me, we're eight years apart. And then it's really funny because we're also eight years apart, but my mom did not plan that. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Wow. That's, it's kind of just like life just plans it for you where everyone's equally spaced. But it's really amazing that you guys still have like that close relationship despite, you know, having those age gaps. Oh yeah. We're, I would say like, I feel close with all our, all of our siblings, but because Connor is like way young, do you feel as close? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jana, like he could be Jana's kid, you know. She's in her forties. So just interesting that age, age gap. Mm, yeah, especially like you know when you grow up with such different things too, and like different um, generations. It's 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 hard to connect because a lot of things are like you grew up together and like the, you do these things together or similar favorite like TV shows or something like that, you know. Yeah, and. That's actually interesting that you're asking Connor about, um, you know, what his adoption story is like, because I was actually thinking the same thing, because for you and me, like, I was told the same thing, like, you know, China, baby girls, blah, 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 totally didn't, you know, influence me to develop a, a severe dislike towards male dominant cultures. <laughs> <laughs> totally don't hate the patriarchy. Whoops. No, I, it's not that bad. <laughs> but it was when I was younger. So it's it's interesting. I'm like, yeah, wait, what do male babies get told? And if it, and if I wonder if it's that opposite story where they also tell you like, you know, it could be that or it could be just your family couldn't have you and, um, you know, your mom couldn't take care of you. They didn't have the resources or anything. And so they decide to give you up in hopes of like a better family who could take care of you. So it's it's an it's an odd dynamic. Yeah, it's like interesting that I guess we'll never really know our true story, which kind of, you know, is unfortunate because it would be great to know, especially like, yeah. I mean, think about it, like occasionally, like, do you like ever think to to really know your backstory? Or you just kind of brush it off or like whatever. Um, I mean, I, I'm definitely like interested in it. I mean, I was like, I was left next to a police station. So I'm, That's I'm always they, wondering. That's what they said, or do you remember that? What they said. I don't remember anything, by the way. I think that's like a fake, like explanation, because I was also told that I was left in front of a police station sign. I really don't think it's like it could be fake. Mm. I'm saying. Did you guys see the documentary um, One Child Nation? I did, but I, I don't think it. Connor has. And also, there's another book called like One Child or something that I, I mm. think. Oh, I didn't know. Actually, I'll let, I'll like message you about it afterwards. But um, it's yeah, the author is a, like a woman, um, and she. I don't think it's the same. I don't think it's the same woman, but it also goes really deep into that whole part of China and that history, and it's really mm -hmm. good. But I did see that documentary, and it yeah, because that's that's what it reminds me of. Uh, I remember in the documentary they stated that um. You know, when they're going through the records, a lot of records either say, like, left by the police station, mm -hmm. left on the steps of somewhere, and so-so. And I was like, the, the it almost made it seem like it's just forged locations. Yeah, but then you, like, learn about, you know, that underground, like, um... Trafficking, exactly. almost. And it's probably, like, you know, those, the, the women, what do you call them? The, the women who, like, basically, like, took babies from, like, one place to the other. Like, they probably... Like, our story could have been one of those. Like, you know, we were just, like, snuck into an orphanage or something. I don't know. But 
we'll never know, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so many unknowns. And when you think about that, too, you're like, wait a minute. Am I even born where they say yeah, I was found? Like for me, I they said Xiaoyang Hunan, and I'm like, but is that true? Because in the documentary, there is uh, another town nearby that began with like an L, and you know they say like they would go to different towns or like nearby, and I'm like, wait, exactly. you like you'll never know where to search. I know, and it was all under under the books. There's just like no records of anything, so it's just like crazy. Ugh, blows my mind. But um, yeah, but that's why I'm like so interested in it now. And I just want to talk about it more with like other people, you know, that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I feel the same. Way. I think it gives us a really cool backstory. You know, no one has like mm. what we got. Yeah, but that's so... like a really optimistic way to look at it. <laughs> because for me, it's <laughs> like, I would love to just know what time I was born, what day I was born. Mm. just simple things like that and not knowing is just like I I don't know I mean you're still like 18 and you Mm -hmm. haven't like fully thought about it as much as I have but I feel like those little things of you know just simple things like that and then having little reminders of when you go to the doctor's office and they ask you you know do you have history and this and that it's like it's like all these years of it just you know being in the back of your head and then having to, you know, constantly think about it in those moments, it builds and builds and builds. And now I'm just like, you know, I would just like love to know, like it sucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I find it cool that like, I don't really know my age. (laughs) You're definitely your age. I don't think so. I mean, mean, they could have given me like any, you know, any no, birthday. but they like can tell roughly like how old a baby is. They're not gonna just, roughly, like, roughly. make it up. Okay, well, like, whatever. You might apart. be one year younger, one year older, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm kind of on the side of that too, where I hated not knowing my birthday, and I wish they made it an even day because I have this weird like I I have OCD, so I have this thing with numbers, and I hate that it's not like April eighth when it could have been, but it's it, it could have been because they put it April seventh. And awesome. so instead, I was I was like Connor. Where I'm like, oh, I don't know my age. Like my whole week is my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> treat, me, treat me nice, sibling. Don't bully me. <laughs> That's so great. I love that. <laughs> there you go. Like if if it's within that, like you know, they always say like a week, like a few weeks, like time span of like guessing when you're born if you're really young when you're found. So I was like, okay, gonna make this my birthday. Like for when I turned 21, I was like birthday month. <laughs> That yeah, that's actually a really great way to look at it. I was six months old. Um, how old are you? I'm not exactly sure. I think from what my mom told me, they said like I was a few like weeks old when they found oh, me. God. But I wasn't adopted until um eighteen months. Oh wow. Okay. So just I had a really grumpy face in all my pictures, so oh, probably highly God. likely someone turned me down. <laughs> Oh, it's a very no. angry child. I love looking back at pictures. It's like my favorite thing to do. Um, my parents actually kept the clothing that I was in at the orphanage, and I actually still have those clothes. Oh. And I love looking at them because they're just like, it's insane that I was in that many layers. Because you know how like Chinese people, they thought like putting babies in layers is the way to go. And then there's just like little slits mm-hmm. in the back so you can go to the bathroom yes yeah so I love looking I just like every time I'm home I'll like I love going back and just looking at all that stuff 
Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> oh, yeah, my parents did the same thing. I, I was, I remember I saw them years ago. That actually makes me want to like, next time I visit back home, I got to look for those again. Because I do remember they had the little slit and my mom explained to me why when you have so many kids, you know, you need that little hole for them to just easily go to the bathroom so you don't have to take down their pants and like diaper or whatnot. Um, and that actually led to, you know, a lot of adoptees when they come to their adoptive home already potty trained. That's actually really funny because I, um, it took me a really long time to not wet the bed. And I remember like I was a little late, like I was still wearing pull-ups at the time where you shouldn't be wearing pull-ups. So that's really funny that you mentioned that because that was not the case for me. <laughs> Different for everyone. I mean, honestly, when I was a kid, that was the same too. Like, I wonder if it's an anxiety thing because my parents actually told me growing up that I contained, I did like keep a lot of those anxious tendencies from when I was probably in, you know, the uh, welfare institute. Like I would do things like hide bread underneath my pillow of like, you don't know when you're going to get food next or, um, you know, like that, like jumpy nature. So I wonder if that's kind of tied to that, like the anxiety of being in a new environment and just adjusting. From what my sister told me is that I was like really adjusted really easily to the family which like i guess oh i uh, yeah i know i don't know why i just i think part because they, they think like <laughs> i've been like moved around in different orphanages i think by the time i was adopted i was like all right whatever it's just another just another home when's, <laughs> when's the next time i'm getting adopted from this one no oh <laughs> no I mean, it's good that you adjusted so quickly, but oh, oh my. Yeah, I don't know, but. No, he was, he's the was, best. He was yeah. like, Connor. That's how, we, that's how we say his name all the time. Like a little puppy. <laughs> no, he, he was. The true baby of the family. He was the best and easiest child ever. Like, I mean, he had obviously like his moments, but yeah, he like adjusted really well. I mean, we have a really great relationship with our parents. Um, yeah, I don't know. I need that laid back nature. Yeah, Connor's just a chill person. That's what it is. Okay, we all need some of what Connor's on. <laughs> Seriously. Honestly. And actually, perfect um, segue. Like, speaking of parents, you know, you just mentioned you have a good relationship with your parents. What what was that like growing up for you? Is that something that's different now than it was when you're growing up? Or, you know, is it kind of just been, they've always been there for you and like, it's been a positive relationship? I mean, I think that it's the same. Like, they've always been there for me. They've always been there for Connor. And they're just like the type of parents that just want to support you. Like, I don't think I've ever felt... Aww shamed or guilty for choosing anything that I've done and they're not the type of parents that are like gonna force you to do something um obviously they're like you know you have to get good grades like any other parent like get good grades like behave well in school and you'll be fine <laughs> like that type of thing <laughs> um I would say though like we I definitely have a secure attachment with my parents like I never ever think that they're going to like leave me abandon me or you know like betray me nothing like that like um like if anything that they did really really well was to build that secure attachment um the one thing I think that I see lacking is like a deep emotional connection like I don't think my mom or dad is the type of 
is would be like the first person I would go to if I was like sad or you know experiencing like a breakup like I would probably go to my sisters for that or you know best friend and I know you know Mm. some other people have different relationships where they could tell their parents everything like I definitely could tell my parents everything I don't feel like I need to hide anything from them but in terms of like getting that emotional support um I don't think I ever got that from my parents and I just think it's because you know they're not very emotional themselves maybe um they're very caring and empathetic people but um you know all parents are different you know they're not gonna always be that that type of person for you but I would say mm-hmm. I feel very, very fortunate to have the parents that I have. What about you? Um, well, I'm definitely fortunate, very fortunate. Um, but it's different for me, at least, because I don't really tell them much. And from what I've seen, like Emma and my parents, they have like a very a stronger connection than I do with my parents, even though like I live with them alone. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just like how I am because I'm I'm a very like independent person. So like I don't I'm fine being alone and everything. So normally mm-hmm. on like school days I just get home, you know, have dinner with them, do my work in my room and then just stay there for the rest of the night, you know. <laughs> so I don't have like yeah, emotional connections, but I also don't really tell them many things. But if I do need help in something, I, you know, I'm fine going to them and talking to them. It's just I don't do that mm-hmm. often. So. Yeah. I mean, everyone has their own personalities. And like Emma said, you know, you each connect with your parents in different ways. But that's so amazing to hear that they're that supportive. And, you know, you feel that deep, like, secure attachment, which is, I mean, you know, being a, a fellow psych major, like, it's so important because that just affects like the rest of your life and like your relationships. So cheesy to say, but damn, it really does go all, all the way back to childhood always. You know, they're, they're great about that. Yeah, I mean. I mean, they wanted us, so. And the sisters were great too with it. Oh yeah, I mean like our dynamic, we have a huge family and like, you know, sibling rivalry or whatever, but we never had that. Like there was no... Um, there's no like attention for our parents approval it's like very very like equal like, even when if you ask the parents mm. who's your favorite child just like as a joke if you like, they would never say one kid or the other they don't like believe in that um the one thing <laughs> that I have really uh bonded with my mom is a love for animals like my mom loves mm. all types of animals and she always like told me growing up like don't trust anyone that doesn't like like you know dogs or cats and i just thought that was really funny at the time but like now looking back i'm like hmm, maybe but no <laughs> like i think that is something that that brings us closer like cuz you know when i said that we didn't we don't have like that of emotional connection mm. but um but like that really brings us together and i mean like our whole family just is really really supportive of each other and we get along and um yeah I don't I don't think I've had like any hard feelings like like I guess what I'm trying to say is like I never wished that I like I never had like I never really thought growing up like I wish I knew my biological parents like I really want to know I think like I was just so happy 
to have the family that I've always had is just was never a thing that I thought about now when I think about it it's just out of like curiosity to know but it's not because like I wish that I could be with them or whatever and I know mm-hmm. it's different for every adoptee but for me like my parents are the only parents I have and that's it like I don't question it yeah oh that's really sweet and you know I can definitely see then also now how you mentioned you didn't really feel being a different race from other people, um, you know, until more like middle school, high school, especially when you, your family is that supportive and, you know, you don't feel that other from people who are supposed to be closest to you. So that's really amazing. I'm glad you guys had that. Yeah. And like growing up, I actually don't really remember feeling different from them, even though my mom, like, I think I asked him like, did you ever tell me that like I oh actually she told me that I did ask one time but I have no recollection of this but she told me one time that I did ask like why I look different and I wish I remembered that Mm -hmm. having that memory but because to me I I thought like oh you know I I didn't think of it at all but I guess it was Mm -hmm. so that was really interesting and I really wish I had I could remember that but um I never felt you know, different. Sometimes they have moments where I'm like, you know, they don't get it. Because sometimes, like, sometimes I'll joke about like how like, oh, you're so lucky you don't have our genes and stuff like that. And I'm sure like all, you know, families like, you know, joke about that one way or another. But um, I think as I'm older, it is a little triggering. Um, whereas mm-hmm. like when I was younger, it was like, ha ha ha, it's fine. But now that I'm more curious about, you know, my identity and trying to figure out like that side of my life it it is a little yeah it's a little triggering mm. I, I never really thought I mean I knew why I looked different I just like I was like okay with it well you're older I was like a baby mm-hmm. oh you were a baby and you asked no, that I was probably like you know one two years old that's why I don't remember anything uh. Oh, oh, wow. So like very, very young. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute. And I think I, oh, okay. I, asked, Good answer. Yeah, I think I asked that. And I just don't remember, but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. For you then, Connor, um, like what, did you ever have a struggle with like, you know, your racial identity? Or, you know, when like, even just something as simple as an exam paper, and it's like, oh, you know, for the SAT, like, what race are you from? Did you ever feel weird about that? Um. Not really. I mean, like, people say, like, I'm American Asian now. I still see myself as just Asian and living in America. Mm-hmm. But, um, I'm not Chinese. I mean, yeah, I mean Chinese, but um, I never really struggled with that. I didn't, you know, question, like, oh, am I, like, now American or something? Um, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't really struggle with that. Never really questioned it, but... Yeah. How about you, Emma? I mean, it's like, yes, I'm Chinese. Like, that's my ethnicity. Like, that's what I look like. Mm-hmm. But I would say, like, I'm just American. Like, I'm so American. Like, I'm <laughs> not Chinese at all. Like, I don't speak the language. I, I barely feel connected to the culture. I'm not really quite sure what Chinese culture is like. I mean, I've always had an interest on in wanting to eventually go back and live there and, like, try to pick up, you know, Mandarin, but it's just so hard. Mm-hmm. It's like, if anything, I'm just 
you know, like a white girl. Like, I mean, like I grew up around <laughs> white people, white family in America. If anything, I'm more related to a white girl than a Chinese girl. And so it's like hard for me because like when people ask me, like even little things of like when I go into a cab, right? Because cab drivers love to ask me where I'm from and and I'm like oh I'm from Florida because I am like that's literally where I grew up and they're like no 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 like you look Vietnamese you look Chinese like what are you and I'm like I'm Chinese but like I'm not I look Chinese but I literally grew up in America stop asking me this question but like little things like that just you know it's really annoying like why do I need to explain my whole backstory for you to Mm -hmm. understand that like I'm from Florida. I'm American. Like, stop trying to think that I'm, you know, someone else. It's just really annoying in that sense. And yeah, I don't know. It's like weird because with Chinese adoptees or any interracial adoptee who grows up in a different race than them, it's like, it's kind of like, um, what's the word? I don't know. It's like you grow up in a different body than what you look like. And so it's hard to, mm. just, like, to, to tell people that when they don't know you or they just like look at you really quickly, you know? So it's just like, in a way, sometimes I feel like, and especially when I like hang out with, you know, other like Asian Americans who are not adopted, it's like, wow, like I really can't relate to you guys like I didn't have an Asian mother who who cooked me this type of dish or like you know I didn't have like all these little stories that they can relate on it's like okay we're all Asian but I can't relate to you because I grew up with a Jewish mother like so little (laughs) things like that it's just it's complicated and I feel like I can never escape Mm -hmm. it but I've gotten used to it and I've adjusted to it it's just really frustrating to always I guess I just need to find a a way to accept it and not be so annoyed by it so that's where I'm at <laughs> I mean totally understandable because it's like especially with the where are you really from question I'm like I'm you I don't owe you my life story <laughs> and and like you mentioned like you know that disconnect between how you grew up and what your experiences are versus you know how people expect you to be just based on how you look and it's like it's that own complicated battle within you of okay like here expectations but you know i don't meet expectations and bouncing does that matter to you and how do you deal with like your emotions tied to that i feel like that's like a, almost a, a lifelong battle honestly because as you grow up and you change you get you know you go to different areas um and especially being in new york city where if you're on the subway and a chinese grandma looks at you and she's like asks you a question in chinese you or directions <laughs> And then I'm like, I feel like you feel that in, like shame, and yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know how to say it. Like, I, you expect this of me, but then afterwards, you're also like, wait, why, why do I feel shame about this? You know, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's not fair for someone, some random person, to make me feel shameful for just how things worked out for me. Yeah. So definitely complicated, like you said. Yeah, and I think Connor, I think Connor also can't really talk about it as much because he still lives in you know he still lives with my parents he still lives in like the bubble of you know his high school and he hasn't really like been out in the world so I'm really curious to have this you know conversation again in like 
<laughs> you know. Because I've never had anyone that like really asked me, "Where are you really from?" You know, because I mean, like I, I already told I already told them that like I'm Chinese, but I grew up in Florida. And I, I don't mm-hmm. know for some reason after that they just stop asking. They're like, oh, okay, cool. But maybe it's also like I also wonder if it's like maybe a gender thing. Like I would, I a hundred percent know that if Connor got into a cab by himself in New York City, the cab driver would not ask him where he's from because he's a man. Think about it. It's like this weird, like fetishized Asian woman, and like they want to ask us where we're from, and just like it's gross. It's like how I see it's like insulting. It's gross, and it's like why do you need to know? You want to ask a man this? Like leave me alone. You're right. I didn't think about that, but yeah, like they the whole conversation of like they just don't care, but they're like, oh, I'm gonna strike a conversation with you because you're female, and like as you mentioned, that whole like fetishizing around Asians, and then then they expect you to fit that view that they have, but then you tell them you're like, yeah, no, not that, and then like, wait, a, no, explain yourself. Yeah, yeah I never. I never thought. Oh man, I never got that. Which is funny. So, Connor, are you seeking kind of like a, a more diverse environment or, you know, like a similar environment when it comes to colleges? Like, is does that kind of play into your choice of where you want to go? Definitely more diverse because my school is not that diverse at all. <laughs> and it's small. It's a small private school. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking about like wanting to um, go to college in New York just because like that's the only city that I've really Ooh. visited. Right. So and I, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of diversity there. The schools are much bigger, some of them. Um, so yeah, I'm, I you know definitely want more diversity because too many whites in my school. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, honestly, <laughs> when I was going to college. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's it's funny that you say that because I also felt the same way when I was applying to colleges after high school, but I somehow still ended up at a school that was like. 80% white and so I don't know it's just like what happens but um mm-hmm. yeah so make sure that I mean if you end up in New York City you'll be fine because you'll experience every culture and like yes. all all the things all the foods too that's like the highlight <laughs> that's the only thing I miss from, from China I think the food because I still mm-hmm. like I still love Chinese food better than any other like cultural food oh yeah connor didn't like you didn't like cheese right or you still don't really like cheese i, I don't really like cheese no. <laughs> i love cheese <laughs> <laughs> it's that lactose intolerant gene telling them <laughs> no please don't put that in us yeah. don't <laughs> seriously is but i still love cheese look we actually have lactate pills <laughs> hey <laughs> I know it's weird. We have like these in our genetics, and it's like that tie of like, "Hey, we're Asian too." Like, <laughs> we also can't have dairy. <laughs> oh my God. But it's like, God damn it! Why is this all that I know? <laughs> Connor, if you do end up coming to school in New York City, feel free to hit me up. I went to college here um, in the CUNY system, and if you like Chinese food, by the way, Chinatown, Cantonese places. I'm partial because that's what I'm used to, but like, really best. Sichuanese food is nice. You know, Hunan food is nice, but Cantonese chicken pan fried noodles. I don't know if there's many. Are there many Chinese in Florida? Not in not in hometown. We live in a very small Jewish, like so. We we're from Boca Raton, so I mean, like, there's definitely Chinese people in 
Florida, but I'm not quite sure. Like, oh, so there's not any like big communities near you. Well, I've yeah. actually asked my mom this before, and she told me that there is um, an Asian population, but it's small, obviously. But um, I don't really know, like, what part of Florida, like, they settled in or they all, <laughs> like, whatever, decided to stay in or I don't know. But um, no, there, there is um, definitely an Asian population, but, like, the community that we grew up in, which is just Jewish, so there wasn't that many Asian people, so just Jewish people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it sounds like there weren't really many big, like, hubs almost nearby. No, I mean, there's no Chinatown in Florida, which is so sad. Yeah, it's very hard to find we good found, Chinese food. We found a oh. Chinese market to, like, get Chinese noodles and all that, but it's, Ooh. like, it's not even close to H-Mart in New York City. It's, like, so tiny and I mean, it's great because mm. I can get my favorite soy sauces and like all that, <laughs> but still very, yeah, you can't beat New York. Yeah. And I guess to close out the episode, my final question for you is, you know, uh, what is like it, what has it been like for you, you know, connecting to adoptees since it, you know, especially for you, Emma, it seems like your story is starting more recently. Um, what have you found like the most helpful? Well, I definitely have joined those Facebook the Chinese adoptee Facebook groups and it has helped a lot to confirm that the feelings that I have sometimes are normal because when I do have these fleeting thoughts mm. of like insecurity about my story or you know a little bit of you know anger and all different types of emotions towards it it does help a lot to know that there are so many other adoptees who you know experience the same thing and I love reading, you know, different people's stories. I love, you know, reading their questions, if, you know, because a lot of people be like, hey, does anyone else have this experience? And, you know, it just makes me even more curious to, um, you know, read everything. But I'm still not at the point where, like, I want to reach out personally and, like, meet up with everyone. Like, I just feel like... I don't know I feel like it would be forced again right because it's like we're all part of this group but then when we actually meet up it's like like will we be able to just like you know have a relationship aside from that because when you meet someone you don't know anything about them you kind of it just kind of like happens but because there's so much like you know all this like not baggage that's not the right word but like this very deeply um like similar story that you're all like sharing about on this Facebook group it's like okay, well, are we going to talk about other things? I don't know. It's like, yeah. Um, but I definitely like have improved because before I didn't even like want to join the groups. And I think my mom has actually been trying to like get me to become more involved with in the community. Like she'll always send me links. Like she'll email me a link being mm-hmm. like, girl, reunited with her like sister, separated at birth and like she'll just send me like these stories and I just never open them I'm like oh my god mom stop like you're so annoying (laughs) but now I'm like curious to just like join it on my own and um I mean I actually like I think it's really part of like a lot of the work that I want to create now like um because I'm a dancer and I'm also you know a videographer and a lot of the work that I want to um like basically cover with you know my art right now is 
you know, my Chinese identity, adoptees. Like, I just really want to, like, dive deep into that. And all my work is basically centered around that right now. Like, I'm just really curious. I'm, like, wanting to collaborate with other Asian artists. Adoptee or not, does it matter? Um, mm-hmm. But I'm very curious on wanting to connect more, wanting to create work made by more Asian artists because we are underrepresented, especially in the arts community, in the fine arts community, um, film community. It's all very, like the film community is very male dominated, not diverse. And then, you know, the dance performing arts community is heavily white. Um, Mm -hmm. You have one Asian token dancer, one Asian this, one black this, whatever. So it's still Mm -hmm. very much like not diverse. So my whole, you know, goal as an artist is to create work that is mostly from Asian artists and bringing up different themes, specifically, you know, on child policy, my story, you know, international adoption, all of that. And just bringing like new concepts and new themes to the arts world, because I feel like, yes, people know on the surface about adoption but if you ask any person on the street like hey have you heard of one child policy they'd be like no like I just don't think that like that specific part of history is worldwide like yeah people know that people are adopted whatever but to fully Mm -hmm. dive deep into you know the documentary that was that we watched and just like that particular time of history that personally affected me and thousands of other people like that Mm-hmm. is the most thing that's like the most important thing that I want to dive into with my artistic expression right now so that's where that's yeah where I'm at and I apply in graduate schools and like that's essentially what I'd be working on um so yeah yeah oh I'd love to see more of your work because Honestly, I mean, even just as you mentioned with media, like just seeing more Asian focused movies or Asian people in the media is so amazing. Because like we're even if like, you know, we don't feel super tied to the culture, just seeing someone who looks like you, you just automatically kind of at least I find myself I like root for them. I'm like, yeah, oh, my God, I want you to win like the the Olympics or something. Yeah. And, like, you know, I mean, it does make a difference, too, because when like when we were growing up, we didn't see any Asian people like on TV or any any sort of yeah. person in a leadership role, right? Like for me, that's so important. And I really want to change that. And I actually like I have we have um our sister has kids who are like you know three to four years old, and they were actually watching Blue's Clues, and the host of Blue's Clues is a Filipino man. Like he's a and it's just really exciting to see an Whoa. Asian host on a kids show for like Nickelodeon like that's huge like personally for me I'm like, wow yeah. they killed it that's amazing like let's keep going yeah and it just normalizes things also remember the movie um crazy rich Asians I thought that was a great, yeah great way to uh I mean it's it's really ent- entertaining but I still think that they they still like t- like they still portray Asian people like in a certain way but whatever regardless it is still good to have an all Asian cast <laughs> love it yeah it's a good step forward but yeah yeah i think that was like the like one of the first movies in like nine years or something like that to have like a fully asian cast and to have like the hype that it did mm-hmm. um because i think the previous one was like the joy luck club 
I never heard I of that one. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's a book by, if I remember correctly, Lisa C. And it's just um, about like these Asian moms who kind of just get together. And they, it's like the story of um, their relationship with them and their, their daughters. Um, it, it's, it's more like Asian, Asian culture. Like if you grow up with an Asian mom thing, I think. Got it. I can't remember. I, I saw it once. But yeah, I remember when like Crazy Ridge came out. And then there was also um, Fresh Off the Boat, I think. I've never seen it. Oh, but... I love that. Oh, that's that's a good one. Yeah, so it's nice having it like within our culture. Because yeah, we can go and like watch, you know, K-drama or like Chinese movies or anime. But it's not the same. It's all the same because it's all American. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what about you, Connor? Like, what about you for, you know, reaching out to other adoptees? Because you mentioned you do have a friend who is an adoptee. Do you kind of feel the need to seek out a community um, and, like, join some of the ones that, you know, Emma's joined? How do you feel? I think I'm still at that age where, like, I'm, I, like, I'm interested, but I'm not, like, searching for answers, you know? Well, I'm not I'm not joining, like, group <laughs> to find other adoptees. Like, I got lucky that I found Jade, who's my friend that's adopted, um well even mm-hmm. at that point like we don't even really talk about our adoption at all we just see ourselves as like normal friends mm. so yeah it's like when you kind of want someone that you're just casually friends with and you talk about like you would with anyone else but then you know if you ever want to or guys if there's something that is really adopted related and you kind of want to bring it up and like hey you know i saw this like what do you feel or you know you have like kind of that balance where it's not your main, like, this is what's holding, this is the glue. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm, once I get older, um, I'm sure I'll, you know, invest more of my time into um, learning about my past and, you know, everything. Yeah. So before we close out today, um, you know, is there any, like, last minute thoughts you guys want to share? Or, um, you know, any projects you're working on, things, uh, resources you want to talk about? Um, well, I actually am working on a experimental film project with Connor. We uh, filmed something back in the <laughs> summer, and it's still a work in progress, but it's essentially, um, you know, covering both of our stories and our family dynamic um, into basically like a, a dance film and we actually both danced together in it. I made him learn some choreography, even though he's not a dancer. Um, so, you know, tough. that I'm still working on that. Um, still gathering resources for that film. Um, you guys can follow my work <laughs> at M choreography. I got nothing. <laughs> I'm like, don't you have a website? Oh yeah, I do have Plug a website. In, yeah. Um, you could also check out my website. It's just emmacolton.com. Yeah, I think she posts, you post your projects there now. Yeah. Even if they're, like, I do. unfinished. I do. Like, some of the works that I have published officially, they're just, like, there for, like, portfolio reasons. But, um, yeah, the one that I'm working on now, I'm, it won't be up there for a while. <laughs> Everything at your own pace. <clears throat> yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed talking with you and, you know, getting to hear both sides of your stories and kind of also just, it makes me reflect on my own, honestly, and like with my sibling and kind of makes me want to reach out and be like, hey, sibling, talk to me. Let's have a, let's have a deep have a chat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, to our listeners, thanks for joining us today. If you're interested in participating in one of these episodes, please email us at somewhere.between.podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to join our Instagram family at somewherebetween.fam to stay connected with updates, casting calls, and more. See you guys next time. Bye.